So we're done with the uh, Cam Reddish shit now, right? We're done with it. It's over. Good. Intro. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, Showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Oh, 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 oh. Yankees win! All right, welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. Episode 495 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ, and you are listening to episode 495 of BD4. Thanks for stopping by. Now, that was an awesome win. Um, and it was a needed win. Final game of a tough West Coast trip. The Knicks coming off a win against the Lakers. Um, now they had to take on an underwhelming Portland Trailblazer team, and they got the job done. You know, uh, and before we even begin, if I look up at the uh, away from from the if you're watching the video format of the show. If I look up at the TV every once in a while, it's because I'm watching this USA game, which is a very important game for Team USA if you're a baseball fan, uh, because if they win, they can advance to the next stage. Um, But they just got to have a tough jam, and uh, I'm like really into it. So I'm going to be looking up a lot. Uh, Again, if you're listening to the podcast, it doesn't matter, but if you're watching this on YouTube, that's why I'm looking up. But as for the Knicks, they started this game out very slow once again. Uh, very terribly, I would say. Uh, just just offensively, guys, they're just, they weren't running any offense out there. Guys were just launching three-pointers. There seemed to be a giant lid on the basket. Uh, meanwhile, Portland's, Portland's getting out in transition because of the Knicks were also just making a ton of indecisive passes leading to awful turnovers in the half court um there wasn't much ball movement but when there was it led to a turnover um just like weird like half in half out do i want to make this pass type of passes uh the defensive energy was lackluster too to start i mean you had matisse thibel who averages maybe three points a game He's out there dropping buckets with 10 points in the first quarter. You know, he's hitting three-pointers. He's off of cuts to the rim, uh, getting out on the break. You got Nurkic doing work in the low post um, a little later in the first. And then, obviously, Lillard was a problem throughout the entire night, 38 points. But early on, with the Nick offense asleep, it made it look worse. Um, you had Randall with the three fouls in the first quarter alone. And the Knicks were down double figures before they could even score a point. Um, it was then 15-3 to 3 
after a while. It was 23-8. to You know, and by early second quarter, the Knicks were already down 16 points. And then it was RJ and the entire bench unit, really, helping the Knicks on a little bit of a run to pull them within six points in the second. And Deuce McBride, (laughs) oh, we will talk about Deuce McBride. Um, It was him, Josh Hart, Isaiah Hartenstein, Obi Toppin, all leading the Knicks on this 10-0 run. Uh, meanwhile, the Blazers are cooling off from three-pointer, uh, and they just beca- they became the team with the dry spell, like the Knicks were early in the first. Um, after the Blazers, you know, knocked down a bucket to start the second, they didn't knock down a field goal until the eight-minute mark. Uh, quickly starts getting it going, and he's hot. And Randall, by the end of the period, one of the only few Knicks who were attacking the rim, was Randall. And, um, oh man, Trey Turner almost, almost got on base there. Line drive out. Um, he, Randall starts finally getting to the free throw line after a horrendous first half from him. Um, but the Knicks go into halftime down six points, but you could see the second quarter, they were slowly starting to get their shit together, right? Um, it was a horrendous first quarter, but the second quarter, Still inconsistent, but you could see it was a lot. Damn. You could, you could see it was a lot better uh, than the way they started the game. Third quarter. What? Oh. And if the vol, I hope the volume's not loud enough to where you could hear. I don't think the mic's picking up the volume because I got it very low. But, damn, everything's a line out today. Mookie Betts is overwhelmed with a line out. I don't know who this Flores guy is, but he's got an interesting uh, uh, delivery. All right. Um, Oh, shit. Edwin Diaz leaves the field in a wheelchair. I was watching that game, but until I watched the uh, Puerto Rico-Dominican Republic game, which was crazy, um, you were just hoping uh, Dominican Republic got that big hit, but they never did. Machado with a double play. Uh, but I turned that game off after the U.S. started. Apparently there's a big injury with Edwin Diaz. Um, sorry, I, I am getting distracted here. Third quarter, the Knicks started getting into the paint a lot more. Um, oh, my gosh. Betts almost just hit a home run foul. Robinson and Barrett got to the line early on. Randall throws down a dunk. Uh, RJ keeps getting into the paint throughout the period. Quickly is also doing his thing in the lanes. And then the Knicks tie the game. Uh, a couple times thanks to their shooting. You know, Deuce McBride with a couple three-pointers, huge ones, uh, to give the Knicks the lead and then, you know, give them a little bit of padding um, off, off another three-pointer, which they weren't able to get much padding prior to that point in the game. And that, as soon as they took a you know, one-possession to a two-possession lead late in the third, that's where they started to really tie up, tally it on and pile on. Quickly was hot. Josh Hart was out there just being a menace all over the place, much like Deuce McBride. Those two last night were the MVPs. Um, and the Knicks had had a 10-point lead entering the fourth quarter as Mookie Betts singles to right, let's go, with two outs. And then they stretched it right away uh, to a 15-point lead, again, thanks to Deuce McBride's hot shooting. McBride just continued to be super active, and it was contagious. You know, the Knicks were getting out on the break a ton, rebounding, and despite Lillard doing his thing, and Anthony Simons as well, they were able to maintain the lead. 
And so the Knicks eventually just kept it on, kept it on, kept it on until Portland did not have any gas left outside of Lillard. So the Knicks would win 123-107 to in Portland last night. So let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about this stuff. Um, a good win for the Knicks. And uh, we're going to head to break as soon as we return from break. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, go over some of our talking points, give our thoughts, and then I'll be that. Let's get to it. Be right back. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. All right. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. So the Knicks last night, uh, the one thing I want to bring up right away is how well the defense played. I thought the Knicks defense stepped up. Um, And that was my concern heading into this game, especially with Dame Lillard being, you know, he was questionable for a while, then he was listed as good to go. Got a little concerned about how the defense would do. Because the Trailblazers have some very elite pull-up jump shooters. Lillard, obviously, but Anthony Simons, too. Um, but the Knicks did a very nice job, I thought, adjusting to that in their pick-and-roll coverage. You know, they were way more aggressive on ball screens. And they weren't just staying in their you know, their default deep drop, which is their usual way of defending the pick-and-roll. But they were playing up at the level. A lot of the times, the Knicks were going as far as to blitz Lillard off those handoffs and, and those screens from Nurkic. Uh, and also the back line of defense was also up a little more, coming up just outside the paint, especially in the second half of this game. The Knicks were doing a very nice job of getting in position early off those initial actions. Um, but I thought, I thought you know, they did a really nice job. Isaiah Hartenstein did really well defensively last night. You could tell he's much more comfortable blitzing the pick and roll and hedging the ball handler off those high actions. So he did a really nice job last night blitzing Lillard and Simons both. Um, Mitchell Robinson clearly struggling out there with his timing, and he's been pretty bad lately. Um, so I had, you know, I've had no problems lately with Hartenstein, you know, being in these closing lineups and getting the minutes edge because he's executing the scheme, right? Uh, not to mention the the rebounding lately from Isaiah Hartenstein, perfect. Um, but we'll we'll talk on more we'll we'll talk more on Mitchell Robinson later, you know, because that that social media shit this morning was interesting. Um, we'll get to that. Um, oh, another base hit for the U.S. I think it's going to score a run. One nothing Americans. All right, Trout. Of course it's Trout. He led off the game with a damn triple. Um, the only area where the Knicks did struggle defensively last night was guarding Lillard coming off those ball screens, uh, popping to the top off a pin down, you know, the pick and roll, using a basic ball screen to just come around and shoot. Uh, he gave Quentin Grimes problems most of the night. Josh Hart a few times had problems getting over to him. Uh, he's a tough cover, though, you know, because he's got a ton of range. He could pull up from 30, no problem. A couple times, you know, the Knicks picked him up below the three-point line in the first half. But again, they adjusted later on. Um, and he's just hard because if you blitz someone like Lillard, he's a quick passer, so you got to make the right rotation. you got to make the quick rotation to the next, you know, to when he swings it. Um you know, he does a great job baiting the defense. 
last night you saw him draw contact, flailing his arms to generate, to get a whistle, and that's what he does. Um, other than Lillard, though, doing what he basically does every night, you know, we saw some great defense from the Knicks. Great rebounding, too. Hartenstein, again, is killing it for the Knicks on the offensive glass lately with Mitchell Robinson struggling. Hartenstein continues to provide those second opportunities lately for the Knicks. Um, I, I thought the Knicks... See, I hate using the word second half because I, I don't want to exclude that second quarter, too. You know, because as the second quarter progressed, the Knicks played better. Um, the Knicks shot the ball from three... 52% after the first quarter. Uh, but they were a tick below 70% from the floor in the second half. And you really got to credit basically everyone for that. You know, you saw quickly Josh Hart, Deuce McBride, Obi Top, and even Grimes knocking down some threes last night in the second half. Um, then you had, you know, of course, RJ and Randall taking care of the inside game, 10 feet and in, doing their thing. Um... But the offense looked much smoother, especially when the second unit took the floor. And they just continue to lead this team without Brunson. And it's really impressive. They come in, they move the ball so much better. They swing it around. Guys are moving off the basketball. And they're once again last night getting the Knicks points by running transition offense. And again, who's that? Josh Hart. I can't say enough... Um, about Josh Hart with, with the aggressive rebounding, literally just going up for those things, jumping. Uh, his head is always up, making the outlet pass, or if he's not making the outlet pass, he's running coast-to-coast coast himself. He likes that move, um, kind of, I don't know, that swim move finish. Uh, you got him you know, hitting up quickly and Deuce McBride in the third quarter. You had the one excellent Randall to Hart to quickly on the wing for three at the very end of the third quarter. You got him making an excellent read in the pass lane off of a handoff between Nurkic and Lillard. That leads to a fast break between him and McBride. He's hitting up Randall as the trailer in a fast break late fourth quarter. Just continuing to get the Knicks to run at a high pace. Um, and that's something we want. Obi Toppin, him too. He's lately found it. You know, he's shooting the three ball in the half court, but he's also running the break as well. You have that outstanding quarterback outlet pass from, I believe it was Hartenstein. Throws it to Obi, which led to a transition sidestep three in the second quarter. Um, you had another Obi top and three ball in transition from a Josh Hart assist. You know, quickly getting a lot of minutes with the second unit in the second half last night. Out there grabbing rebound after rebound last night and, and making the quick pass to start the transition. He scored you 14 points in the third quarter last night. That, that's just the way the Nick Bench plays, man. And you gotta you gotta respect it. It's good, smart, modern NBA basketball. You know, last night the Knicks starters had a total of seven assists. Josh Hart had eight himself. Uh, but the Nick Bench, 16 assists. The four-man bench, I remind you. Yeah, you know? um, yeah. I mean, they 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 they've been playing very well. Hartenstein again making some excellent passes, even in the half court. You know, some really good half court passing. Um, but it's just it's so much more of a fluid offense that the Knicks run because at least 
on the off the bench right now because when you watch the first unit without Brunson, it it looks ugly. You know, they've been getting off to these awfully slow starts lately for a reason. You know, but the bench comes in and they immediately inject life into the Knicks, especially guys like Josh Hart and Deuce McBride last night. It's just a brand of winning basketball that you love to watch. So I thought last night the Knicks displayed that very well, um, especially later on. Uh, but yeah, Deuce McBride, uh, I, I had a tough time of, of deciding whether or not I wanted to give the game ball off the bench to Deuce or if I wanted to give the game ball off the bench the bench to uh, Josh Hart. But I, you know, I gotta give the edge to Deuce McBride in this one, just because he was all his fingerprints were all over this game. So I'm giving the uh, the Bing Bong game ball to Deuce. Bing Bong. Yeah, 18 points, three assists, a steal, two blocks, a plus 17, uh, 25 minutes. It's all about this kid's offensive aggression. You know, that's what it's gonna be. Uh, in the last couple of games, you're seeing how much he can impact your team if he's given the production offensively. As Arenado just misses a home run. A lot of line drives in this game. Because um, he's staying on the floor, right? He's attacking the basket in the half court. He had a finish in transition again. He knocked down a couple three-point balls. The aggression is there. The confidence has been better lately. So uh, that's what you want to see. You know, he had a career night. Last night, 18 points. But if this kid can even just give you half of that, just give me eight, nine points, he's a legitimate rotation player because of his extraordinary defense. You know, and the, the, it's the effort that he puts in on that end that really, you know, causes you to buy in. That one sequence last night, I think it was in the second quarter, incredible. Uh, Portland's trying to run a fast break. Uh, somebody throws an outlet, but McBride's at half court. He deflects the pass. It still gets to the other side, but then he sprints all the way down to record the chase down block. He swats the damn thing into the seats. Hustle plays like that is, oh, Arnado just missed a home run. Popped up to the warning track. Damn it. Um, damn it. But it's it's things like that that you love. You know, the way he can defend... It makes me enjoy watching defense. Like I've never thought I'd see a Knicks player that made me enjoy watching defense more than like I want to see the Knicks play defense. Like when they turn it over, I get pissed off, but I'm also like, all right, I get to see an opportunity of uh, Deuce McBride do something. Right? He's doing everything. He can he can stunt and recover. Right? He's very good at recovering off those screens. He, he hedges the pick and roll. The help defense is always there. Ball pressure he puts on these guys is insane. He'll pick you up full court to slow your pace and then force you into a tough possession in the half court where you got to rush. The way he fights over screens and gets right back into the play. It's all really, really, really impressive and fun stuff to watch. And he did a very nice job on Lillard last night when he was with him. Um, while Grimes you know, struggled out there again, uh, two nights in a row where he's gotten toasted. Uh, Deuce McBride, I thought, did a really nice job on Lillard, and he made it tough for Damian Lillard. Um, he played so well last night that Grimes sat in the closing minutes of this one. You know, I, I just love watching Deuce in these lineups. You, you put him out there with a trio of IQ, uh, Deuce, and Hart, 
it's a hell of a tough lineup to score on. It's very scrappy, and they're going to tire you out. You know, and I, I really, am I back on the deuce train? I, I you know, <laughs> embarrassingly enough, I think I might be. Like, I want him out there. I honestly wish that Thibodeau in the final, what, we got 10, 11 games left now? I wish that he would consider running 10 deep in these final 11 games you know, so that guys can get some extra rest for the postseason here. Because Deuce McBride, I feel like he needs to play if he keeps giving you a little bit of offense. I feel like he could just be a very integral part of this team with how he plays defense. He can make a difference in a playoff round if he's if he's just giving you a little bit of offense. You know, the defense that he plays, man, it's, it's really... I'm repeating myself. <laughs> he was great. Um, and going back to Josh Hart, you know, obviously last night, the Cam Reddish thing. Uh, man, I, I am so happy the game played out the way that, that it did. Like, we're done, right? We're, we're done with with that officially after that, after last night now, right? We're done with that. The whole Thibodeau bad, Reddish good, as if Josh Hart hadn't been playing like an A-plus elite wing player since he's come here, right? We're done with all the Cam Reddish shit, right? We're officially done. Josh Hart last night, ready? 16 points, 46%, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, a plus 26, and the win. Cam Reddish last night, 2 points, 17%, 1 rebound, 0 assists, 2 steals, and a minus 27, and the loss. See you later. Stop worrying about your narratives. Go Knicks, Josh Hart rocks. <laughs> he does, man. He does. Um, it's crazy that people are still, you know, worrying about this cam shit. How, how like, with what Josh Hart has been doing, you shouldn't have been talking. The last 14 games, we should have never heard the guy's name. Because Josh Hart has been here for 14 games now, and it's impossible to envision this Knicks team without him. It really is. That's crazy. Like, I'm not so sure they get past the first round without him. I think they can get, there's a chance they get, you know, swept or, or you know, have a four or five game first round without Josh Hart. He's, he's really been that much of an impact. This guy's come in here, and he's changed a lot for the Knicks. The Knicks never played at this pace without Josh Hart. Never. Now they're running fast breaks every night. 18 points last night in the break, and nobody bats an eye because it's become a norm. He checks in, and he changes the pace every single goddamn time. Whether it's rebounding or picking off passes on the weak side, he's always getting the Knicks out running, and that's why I call him COVID-D Rose, because from two years ago, Derrick Rose did the same exact thing. So I, I really, really appreciate the effort that Josh Hart brings to this team. Uh, he's a true Villanova player, a true Thibodeau player. Um, Andy Pettit, forgot he was on that staff. Yeah, that's one hell of a coaching staff. Gio Urshela, one of my favorite Yankees, is um, up at the plate for Columbia right now. One out and a man on third. Jesus Christ. It's the dying run. Gio's 0 for 12 this series, this uh, this classic. Um, I want to talk Julius Randle when we return from break because I thought he had an interesting night. So we'll talk about it. Stay with us. Be right back. BD4 is located on many different platforms. 
You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ. And you are listening to episode 495 of BD4. Good catch. The guy tagged and it's a tie game. Gosh, that's not good. Not a good catch. It was a simple catch. Terrible throw. Um, damn. Shit. <laughs> Julius Randle last night had, had an interesting... He scored 24 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 8 of 20 shooting, 0 of 5 deep. Um, I'll start with the bad, you know, because I, I, overall I thought it was a solid night. He was slow again out the gate, uh, just chucking senseless jumpers. Not playing any defense throughout most of the night. Uh, he did pick it up towards the end. But a few times you saw defensively, Lillard got by the first line of defense and you had Randall near the rim, not even bothering to bring the help. Um, not making the effort to get over screens. Not making much of an effort to defend the dribble drive. I thought his effort on the glass was very poor at times. Um, a lot of moments where he just did not box out. Uh, one really, really frustrating possession was when Lillard misses that free throw attempt and Randall's just standing right there. He looks at it, and then I think it was Lillard himself who got it back and the Blazers turned it into a four-point possession. Um, that really bothered me. Uh, and, and I get that he's tired, right? He's played in every single game. He's played around 40 minutes every night. You can tell his legs are shot. Hence the jump shot taking a vacation right now. But he's got to give you better effort either way. You know, these are important games for the Knicks. Especially without Brunson. So they can't afford to lose them because Randall's too tired to play defense. That can't be the reason. You know, that's all. That can't be the reason. The Knicks are right now in the fifth seed... But they're far from the fourth seed right now with, with you know, the clock winding down. And they're they're very close to, to being six again. You know, and they still have to play Miami, the seventh seed, two more times. Um so you know that that's he's just gotta be you know, effort should never be an excuse. Um you, you always gotta bring your effort. Fatigue, sorry, should never be an excuse. Now that all said, I, I again I like the way that he still grinded out twenty four and ten. Because he banged and bruised down low. You know, he got to the basket some. He generated contact to get to the free throw line. And he turned in a pretty decent performance. You know, last night, Randall was 8 of 10 at the free throw line. 5 of 6 in the restricted area. And then 3 of 14 on his field goals outside of the semicircle. So, he's still playing to his strengths. He's just got to be smarter. You know, and it's got to be more consistent throughout the night. Uh, I, I do find it funny how, like, literally the very moment that Randall makes the the uh, the the um, anti load management comments, which I loved, he becomes exhausted and starts slumping. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it's funny. But um, you know, I thought he was up and down last night, but overall he turned in a decent performance. Uh, R.J. Barrett 
I think continues to play to his strengths lately, which is good. Uh, 22 points, 5 rebounds, uh, no assists. The, the tunnel vision always annoys me. But same thing with him. Uh, his jump shot is just its just not there right now. He just goes through these stretches where his jump shot's just broken at times. Uh, but last night, he did do a very nice job of getting to the basket and using his strength to finish. Uh, he was 5 of 7 at the line. He was 7 of 10 inside the arc last night and, and a moderate 1 of 3 outside, which I like to say. He wasn't forcing it. Nothing crazy. Limit it to 2 or 3 a night. That's what I always say about R.J. Barrett. Um, his touch at the rim recently has been very good. He's 73% in the restricted area the last two nights. On the year, he's 58%. Um, so it was a good night from R.J., uh, you know, it was rough early on with with a couple of turnovers. He found it though after that, knocked down a jumper, started getting to the cup. Um, and I also thought his defense was good too. He made his closeouts with a purpose, and he found himself to three blocks. He had a three block night, which might have been a career high. Um, Emmanuel quickly is the other guy to get the game ball last night amongst the starters because he was great. Bing bang. Um, hold on one sec. I just want to see this app out here. Julio Rodriguez. I'm sorry, not Julio Rodriguez. I don't know who this is. It's 1 1. You got a man up first, two outs. U.S. is trying to get out of this. It's a full count now. Um, quickly. That's where we are, right? 26 points, 10 rebounds, 8 of 14 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3, 6 of 7 on the free throw line. It's like it's become a norm for him, right? Last night, doing his thing, knocking down his outside shot once again, um, which helped open up the floor for RJ and Randall with his outside shot going like it was. And if the defense, oh no. Oh no. The U.S. are losing. Holy Christ. Said it, man. The pitching is going to be the death of this team. They, they don't have any good pitchers pitching for them. Um, if the defense tried playing up on quickly, he'd just do his thing with the ball, shifty footwork, and work his way into the lane. Um, but again, the big-time third quarter. So I thought quickly with his scoring, his rebounding, leading both units as well. Uh, the defense, he had himself another great night. Um... And last night, like I said, the Knicks starters had seven combined assists. Um, that's, that's, you know, it's not good. <laughs> uh, but I want to talk about something else that's not good. Uh, I want to talk about this Mitchell Robinson thing. This morning on social media, Mitch, um, so this morning on social media, I, I saw this. I don't know if it was on a Snapchat or something. I don't have that shit. But he posted on one of his accounts to his story um, how he's annoyed with his role on the team and how he's out there just doing cardio for 48 minutes. And I understand. You know, first of all, I understand some of where he's coming from. You know, I too, I say it a lot. I, I sometimes wish the Knicks would feature him more when they run offense. Um, 
you know, I think the Knicks need to look for him more in the pick and roll, especially Brunson. I feel as the point guard, you need to do a better job looking for your big. Um, you know, Brunson's going to score you 30. I, I get it. He'll get his. But you should be handing out seven assists a little more also. I think sometimes people look at Mitchell Robinson's points output and go, what the hell, this dude is, is seven feet tall. It's a bit unacceptable, you know. But also, you got to look at his shot volume, right? He's only taken four-point-something attempts per game from the field, right? So I understand where he's coming from. I, I get part of it. But at the same time, it's like it's such odd timing, you know. You just got a sizable contract because you play your role very well. Right, Mitchell Robinson is a defensive anchor. He's a great rebounder, a pick and roll threat in the half court. That shouldn't be difficult. It's easy money for you. It's easy money. Your team just won eleven of fourteen games, and in about a month or so, you're going to be playing in your first postseason basketball series for the New York Knicks. Because he didn't play in that Atlanta series, uh, he was hurt. So it's like, why complain now? It just seems so incredibly egotistical and selfish of him. You know, and he does this shit every year. He's talking, this happens a lot on social media. He's an interesting char- character to follow. He, he, he's, I think he did the same thing last year. He's done it a few times. So he's just, you know, giving out hints that he's not liking, I wouldn't even call him hints, um, where he's, where he's not really satisfied with his role. It's like, why'd you sign the damn deal? You know, if, you, if you've been saying this for years, why'd you sign the deal to come back here for four more years in free agency? Maybe learn a post move. You know, develop a 10-foot jump shot. Knock down a damn free throw. He's even a little sloppy around the basket, too. Like, you don't have much of an offensive game, you know? I mean, maybe you don't get featured in offense, because the Knicks have to set you up every single time, which means they're going away from Brunson, from Randall, from Quickly, Barrett. You know, like, I feel like as a center, you need to at least be giving the Knicks a double-double. You got the rebounds down, Pat. That's been on an uptick every year. I, I'm, I'm almost positive it's going to eventually reach 10. Because right now he's at about 9. The, the rebounding's great. The offensive rebounding is elite. But the scoring is also on you too, right? Give me a little bit. That's all. Three points a quarter would give him 12 a night. That's the way you got to look at it. Just score three points a quarter for this team. You know, Hartenstein has been playing more minutes than you lately, Mitch, because he's absolutely deserved every bit of that. And this is a guy who's scoring zero points per game recently. (laughs) And he's still earning minutes over you because he's playing better basketball. And I've already seen a few comments. I was looking at you know at this post, and I've seen you know these these probably zoomers trying to flip the narrative here. Like the man just wants to do better at his job. Shouldn't you respect that? I'm like, no, no, no. The man is not at his job saying this. He's on social media tattletaling to the world. You want to be a mature professional? You go and discuss this shit behind closed doors with the coaching staff. Walk into Thibodeau's office. Go talk with Johnny Bryant. You know, but to be this immature little brat, you know, and to cry about this shit on social media all the time, that's not the way. That's just making it about you. You know, I, I'm just I'm just over that whole 
selfish personality. Just play your role and keep quiet, man. Not not not, not to sound like you know, not to sound all shut up and dribble, but but you get the point. Like you need to just just be smarter about your surroundings here. There's no benefit to saying what you just said on social media. There's only negative impacts to that. But there are positive impacts potentially if you go and say this shit to the coaching staff. That's all I mean. <laughs> Other than that, I believe that things are a lot better lately after that three three losing streak, that three game losing streak. Um, you know, not a bad job on this West Coast trip considering everything. No Brunson, and you finish it out two and two. You lost the first two to make it three straight overall. But then you fight back and you take the final two games. You know, you're also back up at the fifth seed at the moment after the loser Nets lost uh, yesterday. Uh, but again, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not where I was during the nine game streak anymore at the same time, right? I, I, I will say again that I got way too caught up in all the fun. Um, I still think this team is in danger of losing a first round. I think it's possible. Um, I'm not guaranteeing the Knicks go into the second round and even make a deeper run like I was basically doing without saying uh, during that streak. you know, Because uh, I still don't like a lot of things. I still don't like the ISO offense. Uh, Thibodeau's lack of offensive creativity is the reason why his regular season record is over 500, but his playoff record is under 500. And that may harm the Knicks in a playoff series if Brunson and Randall are getting blitzed all the time. You know? We rely on them to score like superstars. And if they're not, it's tough. We've seen the way it looks. Also, with the way the Knicks have been running offense with Quickly out there lately, they're very late getting into their sets. Last night they were. I think Quickly sometimes needs to be a bit more aggressive and have the mentality of getting into the paint first before he thinks to shoot the three. I also think, and we've brought this point up before, he sometimes worries a little too much when he's in this starting role about giving you the offensive production that you're missing with the guy he's taking place of, which is Brunson currently. But again, the, the same is for guys like Randall and guys like R.J. Barrett. When Randall sees the double coming, he's got to make the quicker read, get the ball to the next open man instead of holding on to it to try to find the home run play. Let someone else get the assist. Uh, R.J. Barrett on his drives with tunnel vision. Got to take the blinders off. Grimes, he's got to be more aggressive with his jump shot. I'm kind of tired of saying this shit. You know, stop automatically attacking closeouts on the baseline and look to shoot the jumper more because you got a quick enough shot where you can beat a closeout that way. Or if you don't um, take a jumper and you do attack baseline, you don't always have to make the kickout pass because you're a pretty damn good finisher, Quentin Grimes. You know, way, way too many, what do they call that, triple single games. Way too many of them lately, you know, for, for a guy you, you held on to it, you know, over, over getting Donovan Mitchell. But the three-point shooting woes scare me because Grimes is supposed to be a guy who can hit you near 40%. He's barely league average. You know, too many average to below average three-point shooters on this team. Um, that's a problem, you know. The defense, I feel, is good, but it's also inconsistent. Uh, I have some concerns about the sustainability of their defense. I, I, I've mentioned before, when RJ, Randall, and Brunson share the floor together, it gets ugly defensively. 
Um, even Mitchell Robinson still has these stretches in year four where he disappears for a few games like we're seeing recently. That's why for this upcoming Denver game, I'm a little concerned about the Knicks defense. You know, I think I think when you see when the Knicks run into offenses that run through their big and make their big man the focal point, that's when you see Mitchell Robinson struggle. So I wouldn't be shocked if he has problems again on Friday when the Knicks take on Denver. Because with, with Jokic, they're going to be running dribble handoff offense, give-and-go cuts. You see that a whole lot with Denver. So you know, guys are going to be have to be active and, and be aware out there. Uh, and then obviously they're going to be operating some pick-and-roll with, with Jokic at the center of it. Um, I don't know anymore, but I do remember in the past, Denver liked to run those 5-1 pick-and-rolls a lot with Jokic as the ball handler. Which, to me, it makes it much more difficult to switch on a 5-1 than a 1-5. But I don't know if they're running that way much. Uh, I don't know if they're running their offense that way anymore. Uh, but I do know that they run a whole lot of post-up. And we've seen guys back bitch down before, get physical, draw contact, use their footwork, right? Embiid a lot. Sabonis, we've seen that. Um, Jokic can score in post-up. He can draw contact, and he's also great at making those quick reads to make the pass and post up. So, I'm looking at I'm looking at Denver as, as a potential loss. It could get ugly there, especially if Jalen Brunson doesn't play, which is a very large possibility he doesn't. I know they said that's the target game, but maybe the Knicks are thinking long term. Maybe this is more front office influence because if it was Thibodeau's decision, and Brunson's decision, I'm pretty sure he'd be out on the floor today. <laughs> um. But all in all, it, it was a good win for the Knicks. Now 41 wins, 30 losses. So they, they've officially clinched a 500 season. Uh, God forbid they lose out. Um, so, you know, they're looking strong again. So that's a positive. And um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Right? So let's head to our final break, get back, and when we return... We will wrap this up with our NYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day. Stay with us. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to BD4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to BD4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 495 of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to BD4. And uh, let's, let's get to our trivia question to wrap this thing up. If I can find the graphic, here we go.
right. So, for episode 495, we've got a true or false. Um, true or false. In 21 games as a Nick, Chauncey Billups shot under 50% from the floor 18 times. True or false. In 21 games as a Nick, Chauncey Billups shot under 50% from the floor 18 times. It's one of those random Nicks, right? <laughs> like Tracy McGrady, fucking Matumbo, <laughs> Chauncey Billups. True or false. In 21 games as a Nick, Chauncey Billups shot under 50% from the floor 18 times. Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout out. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. Episode 495 in the books. The Knicks win 123-107 in Portland last night. Heading back home Saturday night or no, Saturday afternoon. Saturday at 1 o'clock. Oh, great. A lovely matinee days for the Knicks. They love those. Against a Denver Nuggets team who's actually struggling right now. But we'll see. And um, that's it. Thank you. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.